I've had two of the, like the most talented teams I've coached and we've never even made it to a state tournament, yeah. right? But it's the teams that play as a team, that play for each other, that have that culture of winning, have that culture of, hey, we can overcome everything if we stick together. Those are the teams that have gone on and won, right? They haven't been our most talented teams. They're the teams that have stuck through it thick or thin, right? Um, and in both, and ironically for me, in both situations, we had kind of really tough situations the year before that they kind of turned into, hey, we're not going to do that again. And hey, we're going to overcome that. And we've been at the, we've been at the bottom of the hill and we've been there and that's not going to be who, who we are and that's not going to define us. Welcome back to the Sabre Hockey Show. My name is Yuri Houston. Here with me again today is my co-host, Calvin Simon. And joining us today is Shockby Girls High School Head Coach, Jamie Grossman. Today's show should be a lot of fun. We will talk about some recent news regarding the USHL and CCM high performance for the boys. And of course, we will dive into the Shockby Girls High School season and talk about players both departing and returning, as well as Coach Grossman's coaching history. If you haven't yet, make sure you give us a follow on whatever platform you're listening on. Also, if you enjoy our show, leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. If you missed our last episode, make sure to go give it a listen as we're excited to bring you the most up-to-date news on Sabre Hockey every two weeks. Well, I think we'll start and hop in right into the most recent news that was just released today as uh, one of our star forwards, uh, Cooper Simpson, uh, just signed his tender agreement with the Tri-City Storm in the USHL. So we're, I guess we want to go a little deeper into this well, yeah, or with a, our experiences? It's or? a big deal, right? Uh, you know, this is our first player that's entering the USHL. Um, you know, it's a unique way to do it, signing a tender. Uh, ultimately, Tri-City gives up their their first-round pick in, in the Phase 1. Um, I, I imagine part of the theory for them is they know, you know, what Cooper's capable of, uh, both now and especially long-term, and uh, maybe a little bit concerned that they weren't going to have a shot at him in the the draft. So uh, a chance to sign him in a tender situation and, and get him in. Uh, it's a big jump. Uh, you know, that's what Cooper's done his whole life, made big jumps and, and found a way to make plays. So uh, it's obviously a big, big moment uh, for, for Cooper, especially. But overall, for, for the Shockby program, um, you know, that's it's a big deal. Well, yeah, and I think when anytime you get your first, whether it's your first Division One player was your first guys. I mean, I had what Thomas Dawson, one of my good buddies, my seen going into my Thomas senior, gets a shout out every episode, every every episode because he's just a beast. You know, Dawson playing over in the NHL. Um, I mean, he was well, the first guy that I've played with that I knew that he was going to play after high school because he just loves the game and then obviously now with Jackson Vogel we had him on last episode um with all of his stuff so now we're we're starting a trend here of getting guys moving on to the next levels whether it's the NA or USHL or whatever it will be hopefully it'll be soon to grow our numbers and not just have a few guys um but we're, we're starting to track here was it two two seasons in a row now we'll have one guy going to a junior league 
So yeah, it's 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 great. We had you know Vogel on last week, and we talked about him, and uh, you know now this is Cooper's moment, and and the USHL draft is is coming up. It's set for May second, so um, a little birdie tells me we're going to hear a couple more Saber names get picked for that, and um, so the the way that works uh, for those that don't know, the USHL Phase One draft um, each year there's a birth year they specialize. So this year it's the 2007 birth class, um, and then the Phase Two is anyone from any birth class. Um, which will happen the following day. So, you know, I, I imagine a couple of our other 07s, you know, a Steinhoff, a Seegert, a, a Kolchkin, you know, the HP snub. I think those guys will will probably hear their their names called in that draft and, and figure out where their, you know, USHL affiliate program is too, um, which is all really exciting and shows to, you know, the depth that we've we've been fortunate to have and should have for, you know, the foreseeable future here. Well, I think it's really exciting, obviously, I never got the opportunity to have this, uh, these types. Of, obviously, I don't, I don't think I put the work in as hard enough as these young guys did. They've been putting in the work. I know Steinhoff and some of these guys, they've been going pretty hard in the weight room and oh, other they're stuff. Ho- they're hockey hockey guys, yeah, right? They're they, hockey hockey you, guys. You were, you were a lacrosse guy yeah. and you had other things you put your time and energy to and you're like that now, right? You're, <laughs> you run a podcast, you you know do the play-by-play, you ref high school hockey, you uh, coach AAA hockey, uh, you do it all. So um, I, I think you are still having a, a great uh, uh, you know life and I think your future's pretty bright too, even if it's not playing you know hockey after high school at a competitive level. Competitive level. Um, it's all great, you know, and I think, you know, the other news I wanted to make sure we get into, um, so we don't have a ton of details on Cooper. This all just happened, you know, we're recording this on a Monday. It all just happened. I got a text from him uh, yesterday, Sunday, and, you know, I, I haven't had a chance to connect with them um, as a family. We talked prior to this, so I've, I'm aware of all these things going on. I knew they were going down to visit, anticipated them, you know, making this this move. Um, but we've got some other HP updates. You know, a, a, a guy I left off the list when we talked about that before, so I want to make sure I clean that up, um, and the guys who have advanced through the HP process. So with the 15s, uh, you've got Cole Davis, um, who's who's had a, who had a really good Bantam year um, and just continues to grow. He's a big body, you know, plays tough. He can play forward or D. Uh, so he's, uh, you know, been a guy, you know, picked for the HP 15s. Um, and the 16s, you know, you've, we've got two goalies. I keep talking to everybody about our goalie uh, situation. Uh, an embarrassment of riches is what I what I say. <laughs> it's just we've got guys. Um, you know, we, we have our current starter in, in, in Alexi Houston, but his younger brother, Nicholas, your younger brother, yep. Yede, Nicholas, uh, who's, you know, a foot taller than you. Um, or about uh, almost it, him and Logan Avery uh, both made the HP 16s uh, along with, of course, Nate Pedersen, who I, I d- blanked and, and didn't have written down on my list when we talked last week. But uh, we know how special Nate was for us as a high school team last year and um, it was honored with an opportunity with HP 16s. And then uh, the 17s we had right was just Carson Steinhoff. He's the only one and he made it to the 54. So, um, you know, those guys are off and running. And the HP 18s, uh, again, we don't have anyone in that. Um, you know, the guys that probably would have been uh, play other sports and, and it just didn't work out for them to do HP this year. So that's the updates I have in terms of, you know, the USHL stuff, the draft coming up, uh, Cooper signing his tender, uh, HP updates. Um, we have a guest here, though. Uh, I think we got to get him in the mix. I think we got to uh, announce to the people, uh, you know, some of his details and stats. This is not just any guest. Um, this is a, a coaching companion, a guy I've been learning from uh, since he he got here uh, and has been coaching. Uh, I'm very grateful to have him on the show. 
been you know a coach for uh, much longer than I have. Uh, he's won uh, not one but two state championships. He's coached in the state tournament on several occasions, uh, and he's now in his his fourth high school program. Um, and we'll get into all that. So, uh, girls' uh, high school head coach uh, here in Shakopee, Jamie Grossman. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, really excited to be here. Um, not just on the podcast, but just in Shakopee in general. Uh, I call this home, and it couldn't be prouder to be part of a team here where I feel like our boys and girls program work really well together. Uh, and it's just, I think it's going to be a great environment for hockey in the foreseeable future. So excited about every part of it. Yeah, no question. You're, you're an asset. We're all smiling oh, yeah. here. Uh, you know, there's there's a good buzz in the room here. Uh, we, Yede and I have been talking. Uh, is it Yede or Yiri? Because I say it wrong all the time. Your mom says Yede. You, you can go with Yede. Okay, I can go with Yede. Yeah. I appreciate it. Um, so Yede and I were talking about, you know, potential guests and whatnot. When we mapped this out, when we were building... Uh, the podcast in general, uh, Jamie's name was on. Well, we got to make sure that we're we're talking about the girls too. That's why we didn't name it the Saber Boys Hockey Show. It's it's Saber Hockey, um, but our knowledge on all the things going on in the girls isn't as deep as it is with the boys. So we we tend to talk on that stuff because those are our lived experiences. But we've got Jamie here to make sure we shed some light and give the girls some love and and talk about all the good things that have that have gone on this last season um, and then also in the seasons to come and talk about the roster and whatnot. But I want to start with just a little bit of your your background in history. Jamie, you, you started, um, you know, coaching. You spent 14 years at the Academy of Holy Angels. You know, in your words, it was, you know, not, not necessarily a, a high elite program at the time, but eventually, you know, came into it. Just talk to us about your experiences at, at, at Holy Angels and, you know, what you learned from there and, and, and how that shaped you as a coach. Yeah, uh, Holy Angels is where I got my start coaching. Um, I think I was kind of drugged into coaching, kicking and screaming. Sure. Um, it wasn't something I had planned or something that was on my agenda to do. At that time, I was young. I was still just finishing up college, and I had a good friend. I was working in the Hopkins School District at the time. Uh, and and back then, girls hockey was new, right? High school had been playing for like two years when I started coaching for, on the girls' side. Um, Holy Angels had actually played in the first ever high school game. Uh, and I had a friend who had been coaching Minnesota Thoroughbreds hockey. Uh, it was kind of like similar to what AAA is now, but mm -hmm. all the best girls were typically playing thoroughbreds and they'd leave their high schools and go play there. Uh, and he got the head job at Holy Angels. And he had been bugging me to come and help him at, at thoroughbreds a couple of times. And I kept kind of saying no. And uh, and he's like, I promise you, this is the last time I'll bother you. Just come out, help me out for one year. I just, I've got to figure it out for one year. I need some help. And I said, all right, I'll take the meeting. I'll try it one year. Um, and 28 years later, I, it's, I, I'm in love with it. Here you are. Right? I was, <laughs> yeah, I was talking. I was that. I was fortunate enough to be a coach for HP uh, 50, the final 54 on the girls' side this past weekend, and talking to another coach. And I'm like, I don't know what my life would be like without coaching. Right? There's, there's been times where I thought I could step away from the game, but I just, I don't know what I would do to fill that void of it's the competitive side, it's the relationship piece, it's there's so many parts that coaching's brought to my life that I feel so fortunate for. Um, so I'm just, I, I, I love this new experience and I love the people I'm surrounded by. Totally. I, I can relate. I, I did not set out to coach. Uh, I was actually working as a realtor. Uh, my mom was a, a real estate agent, uh, had a lot of success. Um, Eric Malmberg here in town, many people know he's got a daughter and son in the program, uh, you know, recruited me into to be a realtor, um, like like my mom and brother were at the time. And um, I was having a good start to that career. I had a guy, Zach Sikic, good buddy of mine, um, you know, who's running a, a, a hockey business. And, you know, we were hanging out one day and was like, hey, come, come shoot on your goalies. He ran a goalie training business um, in addition to AAA. And he was like, well, 
you know, he knew me as a football guy. He didn't know me as a hockey guy. So he didn't want me to come in and, uh, you know, come skate with his goalies. They're pretty good. And so he's like, well, come to my, you know, U12 girls practice um, at such and such time. And so I'm like, yeah, I'll do that. And so I came out and it was good. And then he's like, when did you say you play? And I got, he could see, I could, I, I knew what I was doing on the ice and I was, <laughs> yeah. I was, I wasn't just a football guy. And then it was, he threw opportunity after opportunity at me and I just fell in love with it. Like you said, it was kind of your chance to get back into a locker room, have a team feel. Um, and then also, you know, watching hockey as a fan is fun, but you know, having some control in, in the outcome and, and being involved in the decisions uh, for guys like Jamie and I, it's uh, it's a way better experience. Much better than me yelling at my TV when other games are on and when I can't influence <laughs> it, right? So, um, yeah, I've loved every part of it. And Holy Angels was a big influence for me, right? I was pretty lucky to land there. Um, lucky to be surrounded by some great families at the time and some other good coaches. I just think uh, for me, as I look back, just all the good coaches like that I learned from, right? And then I come and and especially I think about that a lot as I come out here and just and and working with you, Calvin, and just and the great minds out here. And just every time you come, I think hockey is such a genuine sport of people are so free with their knowledge and helping and giving you whatever it is you need to help you be successful. And uh, I I love that community piece of it too. Of wherever you go, it's kind of a just a unique of hey, we're here to support you and what do you need and what can we do for you? And uh, it's a great community. That no way. question. It is it is a great community. It's becoming a great hockey community, at least from an outsider's perspective. I think we've all known, you know, some of the things that have gone on here and turned out good hockey players. And a lot of them, you know, maybe didn't choose to play high school here and went other places, but that's all changing now. And we, we talked about the updates and news with the HP guys and the people signing. We're going to talk about some of the girls players. You know, if you walk into the rink and you go look at the trophy case, you know, there's no shortage of girls hockey players that have played Shakopee hockey that went on to play college hockey, right? Whether it's D1 or, or, or D3. And um, so I encourage everyone to check that out because it's, it's, it's really deep. And it goes back to even when I was watching these girls play um, and some of my classmates, right? They all, you know, went on and, and played. So, Shakopee hockey is a great place. You know, we're obviously biased. We're living it, but we're not just saying it. You know, we're we're experiencing it, and it's um, it's a great place to be, and it's a community feel. And 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 Jamie's, you know, I can speak for him. You know, he's been very supportive, uh, sharing details and things he's done. You know, you, guy who's coached as long as you have. It's been twenty twenty. I think this upcoming year will be my twenty eighth year of coaching. Oh, so I was I, right. Uh, Let's yeah. go. Yeah. I was counting it before the show. I was like, well, I think it's you just finished twenty seven. So I think this will be going into twenty eight. So you're almost you're almost three seasons away from 30 it's uh right all there. that is is a nice way to say that i'm really old right sure. now. So it's, uh, <laughs> and at times it feels that way but i think that's the other part about coaching is that when i get around the kids and, and work with them uh and even making the move out here this year of just how accepting the community was of me coming in i know with somebody new coming in it's you never know what you're getting and the kids were so receptive to not only myself but our whole staff coming in um, it's just, it's been a great feel from that aspect and, and being part of something that I, I mean, we've talked a lot about this off the mic, but on the mic of just, this is a community that's growing. And I think, I think in a few years, this is going to be, wow, how do we not see that coming from Shakopee? And, and this is a place to be from a hockey standpoint. And, but I think internally we feel that growing and you can get a sense of it. Um, and so I'm just really excited about the things down the line for us and, and hope I'm part of it for a long time to come. Of course. I, something tells me you will be. Um, and like I was saying, you know, 28 years, 30 years uh, almost, um, a guy that's coached that long, he's very open to sharing, you know, thoughts and experiences. And I've learned a lot and I think we continue to sharpen each other. So it's it's a good thing uh, from our perspective. 
Um, and, and yeah, we want to, we want to grow the, the game here. That's something that Jamie and I talk about all the time. And that's a big part of the reason why we wanted to be on the board with, with hockey day, uh, coming to Shakopee and, um, you know, the number one question everyone wants to talk about is where is it going to be? And, uh, we're, we're not sure. We're not going to share what we, what we know about that. Cause, um, it's a little bit sensitive, but it's really exciting. Uh, wherever it's going to be, we're going to do it right. You know, we've got a great community, uh, or great committee assembled for that and board. And, um, it's just going to be a great opportunity for us when we strategize about how can we get more kids to play? How can we grow the mites? You know, how can we get more kids that maybe wouldn't have played hockey to play? And, and we're hoping that experience is, is a big, you know, catalyst to get, you know, kids inspired to play hockey. Yeah. And hopefully it's a spotlight, right? A spotlight on what we're doing and what we've been building and what is happening here. Uh, and I think it's just going to be a great opportunity, not only just to, to talk about the kids that we have here that have done the hard work and that are, you know, going out and you talked about Nate Pedersen before. And I just, I'll say personally, as I, I live across the street from him and he is the greatest example for my daughter who wants to be a good hockey player. Sometime I wake up in the morning, Nate's shooting pucks. Mm -hmm. I get home at night, Nate's on his rollerblades, stick handling, shooting in the driveway. And so for me, I just, it's, when you build a hockey community, that is stuff like that that starts, right? And all of a sudden, all the neighborhood kids see, oh, that kid's really good, and this is the stuff he's doing to get there. And now that's it's just something that grows and 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 goes down the line, and you hope it carries off to other people. So um, as someone who watches him every day and watches the work he puts in, so happy for his success this year. And and I love it from a selfish standpoint because I'm on my daughter every time yep. I come home. How come oh, Nate's shooting pucks again? Weird. What are you going to do today? <laughs> totally. So it's, I, I love it from both standpoints. That's great for her. It's great for him. Nate, if you're listening, uh, I've got eyes and ears across the street now. So you got to make sure you're doing all the right <laughs> things. I don't have any concerns about it. Nate's a good kid. He, he works hard. He wants it so bad, you know, and it's he's he's a great role model for your daughter and for yeah. all the kids that, that love hockey. So um, we were talking uh, uh, Holy Angels. Uh, it, it segued into Shakopee. Yeah. I want to try and hold off on as much of that because I want to talk about the kids in your season. But after Holy Angels, um, you know, you you then pivoted, you know, you spent 14 years there. So seven, I believe, as an assistant and then yep. seven as the head coach Yep. Um, and then went to Prior Lake. So tell us about the transition or any other details you want to talk about Holy Angels, but then talk to us about, you know, your time at Prior Lake. Yeah. So like when we started at Holy Angels, um, you know, when I was brought in, we were really just rec league hockey, right? It was third year of girls hockey overall. Um, Holy Angels was a beginning program, but uh, but small, small school, small numbers. Um, and we put a lot of work in and it's hard from that transport. I don't think people see that people see the people coming in and going to private schools. Um, but the amount of work you have to do to just, you, you're getting a group of freshmen and they, you have no idea what your systems are. You haven't had a chance to kind of be on the ice with them. Um, so just taking that and building into something that was competitive and won a, a class A championship. And we moved up to double A and uh, qualified for a state tournament and played well there. Um, so we kind of built that program up. Um, and then from there, I just, I, I was, I've been living in Shakopee. I've lived in Shakopee since 2001. Uh, so for me, the drive from here to Holy Angels, and then I was working in Hopkins at the time, um, it just wore me down quite a bit. So trying to find something a little bit closer um, and something that fit into my schedule. Uh, so I made the move out to Prior Lake, and I, I'm sure the kids are probably, will be, they're not proud of that because that's our big rival here in Shakopee. But uh, so I try not to play up that my time there, but uh, but kind of made that move out. The transitions are always hard, right? That's the one thing I've learned. Um, and typically when you come in, uh, the kids it's hardest on is the seniors. So, and we'll probably get to that as we talk about Shakopee here in a bit. But, um, you know, those seniors are even, whether, whether they liked or disliked what was happening before, they know what's going to happen next, right? And now they're stepping into their senior year and they, they think they know what to expect and they know who the leaders are and 
they know how, how playing time is going to go. I'll be dispersed. Um, so anytime you step in a new program, those seniors, it's really tough for them. Um, and I didn't know that at that time. I was just a young coach that thought I was good at coaching. And now I look back and say, man, there's so much I don't know about coaching, right? When at that time, I probably thought I knew it all. Knew it all. Um, so stepping into that first year and, and we struggled out of the gate at Prior Lake. Um, I think we were 0-11 or 0-12 at one point. Um, and, uh, and, but it was, a lot of it was just the work we were asking the kids to do off the ice was new to them. Right. And, and when we, where we go, we typically have a program of, um, we try to teach this, like treat this high school, like it's, we're getting these kids ready for college hockey. So, um, when we do it, we're spending time in the weight room, we're doing film off ice, we're doing other off ice stuff. Um, and so sometimes that transition's tough for kids. So, um, so, but from there, uh, we ended up finishing the season really, really strong. We turned it around, had a good end of the season that year at Prior Lake, um, won our first playoff game, and then uh, and then went and played a tough Edina team and lost there. So, and then I made the transition to EP, and I think after that one year in Prior Lake, uh, when you get a chance to coach at a program like EP, uh, that's just that's something you can't turn down. So uh, for me, it was a really good opportunity. Um, they were in transition. They kind of had some really, really talented teams. And it was kind of the end of that run there, but there was another group of kids coming, and I was really fortunate for, boy, eight years there. We just had superstar after superstar and multiple superstars at a time coming, and uh, they made me look like a really smart coach for a lot of years because when you have kids that know the game and understand the game and can pick stuff up first time you go through it, um, we just we had a lot of fun. We had a really a lot of really talented teams and a lot of kids that went on to play at super high levels and have success at that next level. Um, a few of that have been drafted uh, to the women's uh, pro league, and uh, so it's a uh, it's been a it's been a fun run every stop along the way, um, and each one has has its own particular particular you know excitement to it. Um, but I, like I said before, I, I couldn't be more excited about where I'm at now and our future here. Yeah. And any coach, well, team you, you have in your at EP, you spent 11 seasons there. Yeah. Um, really good teams, lots of superstars, lots of kids that go on to play college hockey in some form or fashion. Um, it's, it's a different type of coaching than when your team's not as talented. Mm -hmm. Both, I, I, just from what I know of you, is they're, they're both fun. Yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of rewarding moments when your team doesn't have all the talent, and you get them to buy into some of the tougher stuff, having the grit, looking hard, you know, battling through and and, and overcoming the adversity. When you have the the superstars, there's there's different work, right? Yeah, yeah. There's only one puck. You got to make sure they want to share it. There's you know there's there's always some levels of drama. Um, and then you, you feel like you've got this nice shiny sports car that everyone's got these expectations. You know, like I can't crash this thing. Like yep. you can't mess this up. We've got to do it right. You know, um, obviously I, I know you, you enjoy coaching both styles, but you know when you have that that shiny you know car that that EP teams those teams you had. Just talk to us about some of the challenges. Obviously, there's some things that look good, but you know, any challenges you had coaching teams like that? Yeah, I, I think um, you know, I, I think you're right. First off, of I, I love how you put that, but it's just like every year, every season has its own challenge. I think that's what's what's so great about coaching, right? If I, I like even next year, I think I have a plan, but I have no idea what's really going to play out, and I have no idea what where kids are going to come when they come back to us, and who's going to step up and who's not, and so that's part of, for me, of just what that drive to keep doing is because it's just every year something new and something unique and, and the excitement about, okay, how do we, here's what, here's what we have. How do we figure this out? And how do we get this kid to be their best? And how do we get this team to be their best? Um, that's, that's what keeps you coming back year after year. Um, when you're in a program like EP, and so that's, I think we talked a little bit off that mic too, but, uh, one thing that I love about Shockby is I think this community that, that kind of fits who I am, right? I, I've always been kind of that, underdog blue collar kid that nobody really knows who's this guy or who is he. Um, but I'm, I'm, 
I've always had to work extra hard and I feel like I'm going to outwork anybody I ever go against, right? And and that's what I saw from our team this year, right? Um, I don't know that as much as I love my time at EP, I don't know that I ever fit that mold there because they were far from that, not that they didn't work hard, but it wasn't like that blue collar work hard. It was, they had the talent. They had the means. They put in the time. They were that shiny sports car. And I didn't, I had no, I had no experience in that model, right? So, so now how do you get these group of kids that have been taught by former NHLers and that type of stuff to like, Jamie Grossman, who's this guy, right? What, what's he going to teach me, right? Um, and for me, it's more about the relationships and building those relationships first. And then based on that fo- that foundation of relationships, then helping them reach their goals, find out what a kid's goal is. Um, I think the challenges that come around with that is there was many years in that group that we were the number one ranked team. So you have that target on your back, right? Um, so it's learning how to you can't have a day off because every team you play, this is their state title game, right? And and for us, it's just another game. It's just, today, today is Tuesday and today's, we're getting in our work on Tuesday, but that team that we're playing, this is a title game, right? Because this is their chance to put their team on the map, to put them, they've been trying and those are the teams that want to play you when you're good is. And the teams that, that don't have that commitment, they're like, ah, oh, no, we won't play you this year, we'll play you in a couple of years, right? So um, it's finding out how to get kids up for every single game when that target's on your back and then perform at their best ability. Um, one, uh, I was really fortunate in my time there. I, I didn't have to do a lot of buy-in on sharing the puck. I mean, we had some really good kids that were uh, really focused on winning and really wanted to put in the hard work. So that wasn't necessarily there, but it's just it's, it was that challenge of learning to live with that target on your back and then setting the bar high and then what happens if we're not reaching that bar and how do we reset and how do we still feel that we're valuing ourselves and have some empathy with ourselves um, when we're not meeting our goals or not playing the way we want to. So. It- yeah, and I know we talked about it earlier. Um, you've won two state championships, one of them at the class single A level, one of them at the class double A level. Um, what's what is the culture that you have to kind of buy into as a t- get your team to buy into as a team to like you said, Holy Angels when you're coaching there, you weren't one of the best teams. Obviously, probably at, at the time you guys won, you were one of the best teams in the state. And then at Eden Prairie, you guys were the number one team in the state all year. What what is the culture in with a team like those that win the championships compared to the other years where you either don't make it out of the sections or you lose early in the season? What what is the culture difference between your champion teams at both levels and some of the teams that just didn't make it as far? Yeah, that's a great question. And I, I think um, when I think back to it, I'll go back to the first one at Holy Angels. Um, you know, the culture of that is we were a really good team for the two years leading up to our state title year uh, and just had major flops in the playoffs, right? So the first year, um, so going back two years from that state title, uh, we had a complete team and we did our goaltender. Our goaltender was pretty good, but at that time, so as I said, we were kind of, it was new time in girls hockey. So at that time we were practicing in the morning almost every day at Holy Angels. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we had a goalie who was driving from Lakeville at the time and we went through trials and she was really good. And we had this good team and we were going to, we were kind of picked to be one of the top four in the state. Um, Two days before our first game said, I can't make that drive in the morning. I'm going to quit hockey. Uh, So all of a sudden now I'm playing a freshman who had played goalie for about half a season the year before. Um, <laughs> wow. and, uh, so it's just, so when you think about that, so that's the kid stepping in and, and so she's stepping into, holy cow, is she yeah. ready for this? And I, I remember actually, so story, funny story at shock, old shock P arena, our very first game of the year. So this is old Minnesota conference. And we came out here for our very first game of the year. Um, goalie had quit at that point now, five days before, 
four days of work talking to this freshman who'd play goalie for a year with a team that was picked to be one of the top four or five in the state <laughs> and trying to talk her into, yes, you can do this. And yes, I do believe in you. And we got you. And everybody's going to step in. Um, and then, so, and this was, this was at that time, my very first year of coaching. Um, so we get to, we get her all talked into it. She's all in, we get to warmups and three minutes into warmups, we're doing the three line shooting and my captain, oh, no, she wasn't captain yet. She was, a, she was only a sophomore at the time, but one of my better defensemen sends a slap shot laser from the point, hits the goalie square in the head. Next thing I know, she's on the bench next to me in tears. I can't do this coach. Oh, I can't go back out there. And so, um, so needless you just say, don't do that, right? We, so so you, Yere and I were coaching AAA this weekend, yeah. and uh, we're constantly reminding the kids, you know, we've got young boys, 10 years old and yep. whatnot, like, hey, boys, warm-ups, it's not for you. It's for the goalies, right? Like, yes. shoot it where they can feel the puck, not off the face, yes. right? Like yep. the glove, the blocker, the yep. leg pad. Here she is, freshman, warming <laughs> up, right? Ironically, in the shock, the old shock yep, old ring. Shock arena. And, you know, this girl puts a clapper into the forehead. Right into her forehead. <laughs> oh, so bummer. The whole rest of my very first game warm-ups as I'm spending seven minutes on a bench trying to talk a goalie back into getting back in that net, and we're doing warm-ups without a goalie on the ice because she was our only goalie in the program at the time. Um, we had a JV kid that we would, at some point, we started dressing that she wasn't, at that point, we had kids that really couldn't skate. So this was a kid that couldn't really skate. And we just said, that, well, she'll throw the pads on. So she was our backup. Um, so just fun story. And, and with that, we kind of struggled through that. But then we got to playoffs. Well, did you win um, that game? That I don't remember. I, I, every game we won that year, they were 7-6, 5-5-4. I mean, they were big. I don't remember. I'd, I'd have to go the back. Shock if won then. We'll go with yeah. that. Right? I, I would yeah, imagine they did. That. I would we, imagine they did. We rattled. The young goalie was rattled. Wasn't ready for the moment. Shock <laughs> took it to him. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll take the Shock W. Yep, absolutely. So, That's But, yeah, so I, I went on a side there to say the first year we kind of got – so we got to the playoffs. I think we worked out. We we were strong in the D zone. We were strong in all zones. Um Got to uh, second game of playoffs. We're up by four goals going into the third, and a dump in from the red line bounced past our goalie, and uh, probably one of the biggest collapses in hockey, right? Of just we gave up five goals in the third and kind of collapsed. And so, uh, so that that was kind of the story of our next two years, is figuring that out. Um, and then the year we won, we actually had a goalie uh, come in from another community um, that was a career backup there, and she was uh, nothing special, but she. So back to your question about the culture of we had a culture of kids that were hardworking and in it for each other. And then the missing piece was kind of that goalie. And it was a goalie that was kind of overlooked her whole career and was really a, just a JV goalie at, at Bloomington Jefferson her whole life. There was two goalies ahead of her, but she kind of came in and just said, who cares? Right. And she just had, she had like, no cares about it. She came out and she worked her tail off and she worked hard. And I remember we were in the title game in against Hibbing Chisholm. Um, and third period, we were up, I think at the time three, one, uh, and, uh, and they, she had played spectacular and they kind of came in and just kind of a, a, a incidental play. It didn't look like much, but a kind of bouncing puck kind of bounced by her. And there was like four minutes left in the game. And so all of a sudden it's three, two, and it's a real game. And so I called a timeout and I went down and talked to her and she's laughing. She's like, oh, coach, don't worry about it. That's never going to happen again. And I'm like, done. I'm <laughs> good. I can go back to a good coach of the team. Great. So, so when you talk about that, that locker room or the culture you need, uh, the teams that have had success are the ones that can handle adversity, can step through that adversity and just know that, you know, whether it's that self-confidence in themselves, whether it's just, hey, I know that 
part of our path is going to be adversity and my job is to get through that. Those are the teams that, that I ultimately have had that have had success on the other end are the ones that can overcome everything and know that there's going to be ups and downs along the way. Um, and in those biggest spots, they persevere. Um, and I th- also think in that game, our captain had a hat trick and that doesn't hurt you either. So. It definitely helps. Yeah. I mean, culture is critical, right? I mean, yeah. it's adversity is, uh, you know, inevitable. Yep. You're going to experience that in some form or fashion. And I, I know that the emotional side is usually the differentiator, right? If you can manage the emotions when things aren't going your way and you can also manage your emotions when things are going your way so you don't get, you know, too high or too ahead of yourself, um, those, those are important details. So that's, Absolutely. that's good to hear that that's, that's how you see it too and what you experienced. Um, yeah. And I, and I think just back on that too of like, and I, and I, I have talked openly with a lot of my teams about this, but I've had two of the, like, the most talented teams I've coached and we've never even made it to a state tournament, yep. right? But it's the teams that play as a team, that play for each other, that have that culture of winning, have that culture of, hey, we can overcome everything if we stick together. Those are the teams that have gone on and won, right? They haven't been our most talented teams. They're the teams that have stuck through it thick or thin, right? Um, and in both, and ironically for me, in both situations, we had kind of really tough situations the year before that they kind of turned into, hey, we're not going to do that again. And hey, we're going to overcome that. And we've been at the, we've been at the bottom of the hill and we've been there and that's not going to be who who we are and that's not going to define us. And Sometimes so, it takes those moments, right? Absolutely. Where you get there, you 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 have a tough experience and you know the group, the leaders is decide enough is enough. This off season, we're making changes, you know, we're going to do more of this or less of that. We're going to focus in on, you know, details that maybe were being overlooked before and it it catapults you to a different, you know, outcome the next time around. That's that's my high school experience, you know, my sophomore year uh, we play in a section final, and they had been, you know, the Shakopee team. We were playing single A. We we were um, in a couple other section finals prior to that, and just missed one where where TJ Phillips had had a hat trick in the quarterfinals. I'm, I'm a bantam at this time, but hat trick in the quarterfinals, hat trick in the semifinals. He's got two goals in the finals. It's our game to win. We've got the lead. He suffers a major injury. You know, uh, gets stepped on by a teammate. Um, you know, and he's out. And it just not only did you take your best player off who was you know scoring the goals but it just demoralized everyone right they weren't they weren't a good place so I had watched that then I go in my sophomore year we get to this section uh, championship we lose we get beat up a little bit in that game um, and I remember that the guys coming back that were seniors were like we got to make some changes and we've got it we've got to find a way to make this happen for ourselves so we had a lot of accountability through the offseason and it just felt different going into the playoffs that you're like we're going to win. And we were, you know, one, two, or three seed the previous couple of years. This year we came in as the five seed. And we were more confident than we were. They had no pressure. We're going on the road the whole time, guys. We're going to a high seed, then we're going to neutral site. And nobody expects us to. And so our model going into the playoffs, I think it was Coach Loisel that decided it was expect the unexpected. We're coming, right? And we we battled through. It was 2-1, 2-1, 2-1, all three games. The semifinals was against Orono, who had ended our season the previous two, um, won the section each year, and we went to overtime with them and and got them and beat them. And it took like 15 seconds. We just were like, we can't let this drag out. We've got to score instantly. <laughs> Kyle Pitty chucked one off the glass. I was fortunate I ended up getting the goal on a breakaway. But uh, it's that, that point you made where, you know, when you don't have the the success and then, you know, the leaders step up and our seniors did a good job of guiding us through that offseason and getting us prepared for a big season. Well, and I think that's what even – I've watched 
like same with you, you watched it happen, the growth from your freshman year at Bantams all the way up to when you're done with high school. That's the same thing I noticed here of just how much the program right before I got into Bantams, saw some of my friends and teammates, like I've talked about in other episodes, uh, go up and the, the successes or the downfalls we've been having. And then just the growth over the last four to five years, the boys, just the boys team, not even including the girls, because they've had a lot, tons of up, ups and downs and growth and good seasons and uh it's it's been fun to see the the little improvements made every single year like my senior year we had lost to minnetonka um because my junior year we were denied of a playoff that was the covid year uh we were denied a playoff chance um and we we were excited to play the playoffs and then the seniors didn't get to play so then we were like okay we we gotta we gotta show our best we gotta give them a game um in the playoffs against minnetonka and did fell just a short, but we we led that game one zero. Obviously, Jackson Vogel put that one in and gave us a lead, and then it kind of just fell apart right before the third period. But uh, I believe it was a three one game. Yeah, three three to one. Three we were up one zero. Um, you know, I, I think Javon Moore had his way with us a couple yeah. times in that, and um, we didn't uh, we didn't find a way to score yeah. after that one. But that was yeah, that was a quarterfinal loss, and then that that led us into. Um, this last year, yeah. right, where you know we had a different quarterfinal experience. We got a home game, didn't have to go to Pagel, um, you know, played home and played Prairie Lake and and got that win. I think that's what you're getting to, right, yeah. is that it's just this growth that it's, you know, we went there, we had that experience, we lost 3-1, guys redialed it in the offseason, you know, we had a better experience in season the, the, the next year and especially in the playoffs. And now, you know, it's uh, we ended up falling to Minnetonka again, but they were, you know, they, they were Minnetonka, they were loaded, and um, we gave them all we had. Again, it was a 3-1 loss but um, that that's the growth that's happening so all right well I think we you know jump into some saber talk now talk about the girls team talk about some of the players uh, you know the season you know as it looks you know you finished fourth in South Suburban Conference standings an overall record of 15 and 11 um, before we talk about you know any of the individual games and whatnot I'd like to hear just your thoughts and the experiences with your captains the process of selecting them new coach coming in don't knowing all the kids um, talk to us about who your captains were, you know, how they, you know, filled out and did in their roles uh, and how they were selected. Yeah. Uh, so for us, you touched on it, but uh, new staff coming in, right? And there were two people that were here last year, but we wanted to kind of give the kids a clean slate coming in, right? Of just, it's a new staff. We want to just see who's who. Um, there were two returning captains. I'll talk about them first, but uh, uh, in Annika Wilmert and Emma Heyer. Um and and two just great leaders for our program, right? Uh, very different type players, but uh, but similar in a lot of ways. Um, Annika is just for us. She set the work ethic each and every day, on and off the ice, right? Of just how hard she was willing to work. And um, boy, there were a lot of days. I know she came to the rink banged up or sick. I know our first prior late game. Um, we thought the day before she didn't even practice the day before, and I didn't think she was going to play in the game. And she showed up and and. Early in the year, we may or may not have. I mean, as we're getting to know the team, we, we normally I won't let a kid play, but we wanted we needed to see what, what you had and knew we needed her. So um, she played that plus game. Plus it's and, Lake. Yeah, so. and plus <laughs> it's, it just, opening with Prior Lake was all just to kind of put a little extra stress on coming in new. I'd like to kind of ease into it, and we just didn't get that luxury this year. We were right on. And, yep, three and on in the fire. Of, yeah. See what this and, coach has got. Yep. <laughs> and and on top of that, half our team was sick, and uh, and she's a kid that just gutted it out, right, and played really, really well, even though I know uh, she wasn't in the best shape. Um, 
uh, from a health standpoint. Uh, and then that was kind of the key all year long, right? Yeah. No matter what went on, whether it's a practice, she's a kid setting the tempo at practice, right? Um, and, and as a captain, that's what you like to see is that kid who sets the tempo of how we work, what we do, that we don't take drills off, whether it's just a silly game we're playing or if it's it's we're working on systems um, dialed in and ready to go 100 miles an hour. Yeah, so. and the, the fans don't see that part of it, right? They obviously don't see practice. I'm usually on the other rink with the boys in yep. focus, so you know I don't I don't see the practice for the girls either. When I watch her play, I just see a, a smooth, smart hockey player, right? That's got skill and can think the game, and you know makes her teammates better. Uh, but it's good to hear that she's you know the hard worker too and leads the group that way. Absolutely, yeah. I, I couldn't think of a better person to lead the team from that point, standpoint, right? Of just the hard work, and that's as a coach, that's a, that's the kids I want leading a team are the ones that are going to show up every day and do the work because that's an easy one to point to and say, "Hey, look at this kid and look what she does." That's why she is a good player, right? It doesn't hurt that she's good on the ice, but that's why, right? Because she does that work every day. And then you transition the same same like cloth for that she's cut from is Emma, right? Of just another kid that no nonsense, show up and do the work. Um, Emma's di- a beast. Different different styles, right? Of Annika's going to beat you with her speed and fly around you um and emma's just gonna run right over you if you get in her way so uh and she she has some finesse to her game and she can use her hands and her shot at times but she's also we really teach we want to be an aggressive offensive team and we want to drive the net when we come in and emma is a kid that does that the best or did that the best for us she plays like uh like mckinnon to me she's got these big crossovers she's got a nice wide base when she's got the puck like it's very tough for girls to get it from her and 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 she shoots it well just Um, deceptively hard shot too right and it's quick release i mean that's a part of that's so deceptive for goalies because it's just all of a sudden you see this big big kid skating at you and next thing you know the puck's in the back of the net because it's just it's on and off her stick so quick totally um so it's it, it was fun to watch both those two play at high level for us this year um and then from there um we uh, one of the th- staples of our program is we do some leadership training with kids. So uh, kids can apply to be a captain or for a leadership role. Um, we do an off-season leadership program. So I had eight, nine kids apply for that last year. And since it was our first year, we took them all. Normally we do, we try to keep that group to four or five just so it's more manageable. Um, but coming in and just wanting to get to know these kids at a better, uh, uh, just to get them known better as people. Um, we took everybody last year. And so I think at times our meetings maybe got a little off topic and derailed a little bit. Um, but it was a good experience for me to get to know a lot of the girls. And from there, we added two captains in Madison McKinney and Riley Nash. Um, I'll talk about Madison first. Uh, a kid that came in was a forward coming in, and we got into the season and got to the end of tryouts. And I went to her and just said, you know, we just we, we felt like we didn't have a lot of experience on D. So I'm just, I, I said, we'd like what you do. It's not that we don't like you at forward, but what would you think about playing D? And she's like, whatever you think's best for the team coach and and for me and for me right there that was it right of of you know and and i knew it was a hard ask and you're asking a kid a senior year and as a new coach and you're coming in and you're asking this kid who's played forward most of her life um to come and switch her senior year most kids are gonna be like senior year why i don't want to do that this is my year i want to play i want to play position and not even a hesitation in her voice of, I'll do whatever you need to make the team better. Um, and we thought it was just, hey, we're going to move her there. She's going to kind of be our fifth D. Uh, and uh, and we had uh, we had an injury early in the season to Riley, and she got thrown to the wolves. And boy, she, what a fighter and a scrapper. And just uh, um, 
again, when you talk about hard work, it's just all energy. And probably the kid that I've seen take some of the hardest hits and then pops right up. And there was mm-hmm. actually a couple of times there was a game uh, at, uh, I can't remember who we were playing. Oh, Egan. At Egan, she just absolutely got blasted, popped right up. I'm good, guys. I'm like, sometimes you might want to stay down a little bit longer, draw it out, maybe draw some yeah, penalty course, here, yeah, draw exactly. a five. Yeah, exactly. So that was our running joke the rest of the time. She's like, did I stay down long enough that time, coach? I'm like, yeah, that's good this time. So, that's great. Um, but just a Gamesmanship. Great, yep. Just a great attitude. Great kid. So happy for the year she had. Um, she stepped in and played regular every other shift for us as someone moving from forward to D um, and had just a really good year. Uh, so really proud of that. And then then Riley, the, the opposite of that, right, of just absolutely uh, – you talk about Emma being a beast up front, Riley was our beast down back and the backside, right, of uh, just absolutely just amazing D. I, I've had a, the privilege of coaching a lot of really good D, and I told Riley this in about the middle of the year of – Boy, she's probably top three or top four D that I've coached all time, right? Yeah, Just how cool. smart she is, how well she moves, how she knows the game, how she makes people better. Um, she does so many little things that just go unnoticed to like just to, to people that just don't really pay attention or watch the game or know the game at a high level. Um, she just does so many things to make everybody around her better. And just anytime she's on the ice, she, the whole, everything else is calmed down, right? And so when you talk about our five-game losing streak, it just hope it happened to coincide with when she was hurting out of our lineup. And we just, we were scrambling. And I think that was that first time we played Rosemont and that was her first full game that she was out. And I don't even know what team showed up that day because we just were not calm. And, right. and so I just when you lose someone that's so calm on the back end and starts everything out for you, I mean, it showed in some of those games. Yeah, there. The, the forwards get all the love, right? They yep. get they get the points, they score the goals, they do the celebrations, they're the household name, they're the ones that kids all want to sign their sticks. But as coaches, we know if our top defenseman or our goalie isn't yep. going to play that night, we're in trouble, right? right? That they they make or break, and you see that. I don't want to go into the wild, but you see that, right? When you know the way they play in front of different goalies, and um, when you have your defenseman out there, and then you don't have your defenseman out, that was a wake up call for us when when Steinhoff was out injured, and yeah. you know Simpson and Vogel were getting all the love, and you're like, we we, we struggle to play without 27 yep. back there, and, and Nash is that player for you guys, no yes. question, 100, percent not a question about it. And I think I think you make a great point, right? Of just you can feel it on, it's, you can't really describe it or pinpoint. It. And it's, I don't even know how you change it, but you can just feel that energy on the bench, right? Of just things just aren't as calm. And then when you need that person to calm it down, they're not, they're the ones that usually do it and you need them there to do it and they're not there. Um, so you feel it up and down the lineup and especially with the goalie in the D positions of um, it, it changes the way everybody else's play. Cause then they start playing not to make mistakes instead yep. of just playing their game. Cause they, they're, they're trying to fill those shoes or fill that role. No so. question. No question. Yeah. So, so those are your four captains. Um, and let's talk about, you know, obviously some of them were captains, but the, the senior players um, graduating, I know, you know, we'll start with the goaltender, uh, Molly Morrow. You know, yeah. She stepped in this year, um, had very limited, if any, varsity experience. I know she played a majority JV her junior year. Yeah. Um, but stepped in and, and looked the part. I know there was a little bit of dueling out um, with one of the other goalies, but but Molly stepped in and was was in the back half of the year and in the playoffs. Your goalie, just talk about Molly and what she brought. And then obviously she's a senior, so what you'll miss about you know her game. Boy, uh, we'll miss everything, right? Of just uh, so again, you talk about a calming presence, and I think we we found that as we got about a quarter of the way into the season, of just our team played different in front of Molly, right? Um, and part of it was just watching her and how she went about her business and how she did the work, and just she would make she would make 
tough saves look routine mm -hmm. um, over and over again. Um, and and so I think that that just calms down your whole team. And she did it. It didn't matter who we played. It was against a great opponent and not so great opponent. She was that same kid game in and game out. Um, just calming everything down, controlling rebounds, um, just a really veteran leader there. You, it's hard to believe that she didn't have much varsity experience because a lot of times that gets the kids and you can tell that early. And I think that was part of it early. Her first couple starts weren't up to her standards. Um, but then as she's kind of settled into that role, um, she handled it with a plum, right? And I think that, again, so I'll go back to a story. I think we came off a game and it was a decent win, and, and I think it was a 3-2 win. I can't remember the game. And I, I kind of left the game thinking, oh, yeah, she, Molly played really well. She kept us in that game. And we went into – usually we talk and debrief after a game or the next day and talking to her, and she's like, yeah, that was brutal. I've got to work on this, this, and this, and this tomorrow. Can somebody help me with that? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Like we, we'll, we'll get you, like we'll get you the help you need. So um, for her, I think her, the worst critic of her own game was herself, right? She was very hard on herself, and I think it showed of uh, that's how she got better each and every time out there. Um, and then stepped into that role and ran with it and took that job and uh, never looked back. And was a big reason we got to 15 wins a lot because of her, because there were some big games that she played, and uh, uh, we don't win that Lakeville North without her making 40-some saves in that well, game. Well, that one was huge. Yeah, we we were important. there, right? So yep. the boys, we played played right after that was on the road at Lakeville North and you know the bench is set up where right where we're standing in the glass Molly's right there that yep. the, the you know net is empty in the other end this is a Lakeville North team for the girls that you know ended up you know making it to the state tournament this yes. year um, so they were good and they were swirling and shooting and she was all over the place making saves but to your point it, like made it look like routine. She yes. it was very calm. Uh, I was very impressed watching her play that that game in other games too, but yeah. that game especially just given the situation and and how big of an upset and how, you know needed her to pull that off. Yeah, I think, uh, and just, you know, she's mentally prepared for those. She likes to shine in those moments is what we found out this year. Um, and then just, it was just that calming effect, right? Because I think as a team, we don't feel like we played our best game that game. But boy, she kept us in us and gave us a puncher's chance, right? And uh, so uh, the big games like that, and then just other games, right, of beating Apple Valley and beating some other teams of just, um, there's a, it, it's, as a coach, I don't know if there's any more comforting feeling of like when the other team's heading into our offensive zone, I can turn my head take a board and go talk to somebody because I already know the outcome. You're not scoring, right? I mean, mm -hmm. that's, boy, what a comfort that is, is when you have that trust in a goalie and that's the trust we had in Molly this year, right? Of no matter what was going on, um, when they're coming to our end, I know something, if something, if it didn't turn out or they happened to score somehow, I'd be like, hey, what happened? How did that go in? And so, uh, and knowing that Molly's going to be the one that's going to be accountable for that. Um, and then moving on to other seniors, uh, just, I mean, this is a, we had a really, good senior class, right? When you talk about Ani and Emma um, and Madison and Molly, um, we got back a player in Faye Scott. That was a big yep. boost down the stretch for us, right? Of a kid that tore ACL in lacrosse last year uh, and then worked so hard uh, to get herself healthy enough to come back and be be someone that could fill in. And she, you know, and I didn't know what we were going to get. And really we were just thinking, hey, we'll just, she's a senior, we'll do her a favor, we'll keep her on a varsity roster. But that wasn't the case at all. Faith wasn't dealing with that. She earned a spot, right? We got down to it and we put her in some JV games. We're like, this kid doesn't belong at JV. She's yep. just too good for this, right? Uh, and then that got her some chances at practice and she, boy, she stepped in and filled a role. And I, I just wish, it would be fun to see what we could have been with her the whole year, but mm -hmm. I, I was really happy with how she performed and stepped in and played really well. In injuries us. are tough to overcome. So it's a testament to her being patient, working through it. And then also, you know, as a senior 
spending even a second playing in a JV moment practice or, or varsity can be tough, right? Mentally, we're all shaking our head. Yes. Yeah, like, yeah. and, and so good on her to just manage that, handle it, right. Not get too down herself and keep pushing and, and eventually get put in the spot where, you know, it serves her a little bit better. Yeah. And, and I think for her, to her credit too, is it even beyond that, wasn't even down. She just, she took it like, like openly. Yeah. I want to do it. I just want to be on the ice. Right. Yeah. And that was, that's a fun attitude to see of a kid that just, Hey, I just want to get a chance to be on the ice. I didn't even know if I was going to get to skate again this year. So, um, that, that, that optimism is contagious in a locker room too. So it was fun to get that energy back on the ice from her too. And then we had role players like a Maddie doctor, right? Yes. Um, boy, that she was a kid that could play. I mean, she played on, I think every single line we had at some point this year and contributed on every single line, right? From she, we need a kid on the top line. Maddie's on the top line, right? We need a kid on that third line in the defensive role against another team's top line. Maddie could do that too. Um, and had a stretch in that middle of the season where, boy, I thought she's, she had a chance to turn into a really good scorer for us too. She had some really good chances and really seeing the play well and uh and just a kid that no matter what we asked her to do she was willing to fill a role so i mean those are those types of players often get overlooked and those are the kids that are critical to a team right the kids that can come in and play any position and do whatever you ask um you know a lot of times we focus on the superstars and the kids like that score the goals but um every team needs a handful of kids that are just willing to do anything that's asked of them and do it well and maddie was that kid that was willing to do anything we could ask her and do it really really well yeah, no question. No question. That's great. So so I count seven seniors. Um, I think we, we covered them all. Um, you know, now looking at just players coming back, because uh, you had a little bit of, you know, youth in, the, in yeah. the roster too. So you got some some girls coming back for a season or two or even three. Um, anyone jump out at you that you want to talk about right away? I got a couple written down here that I'm sure you'll you'll start with. But uh, let's talk about some returning players. Yeah, um, you know, I, it's going to be tough to replace a lot of these seniors. And I, I love the balance we had this year. We had a good veteran balance, but then we had some young talent, right? Um, and a lot of young kids. I mean, I think that's the one thing. Um, I think our depth went you know, through, we had four lines that skated with us on a regular basis. And we had another line of kids that we really liked at JV, um, that'll be battling with some kids that are going to be coming up from the youth level next year. Uh, but we, we liked our depth as a whole and we liked how those kids competed at the bottom of the lineup. And I, I think this was this season, I saw more, um, movement at the bottom of, in our lines three and four than I've seen in past years for any team I've coached. So that's a testament to the kids putting in the work. But when you talk about kids that we're looking at leading the team, I, I think for me, I'm going to start with a kid that maybe off a lot of people's radar in Breckland Scadam. Um, we preach a defensive style first. Um, and if, in and, and she, we're, it's funny cause we're doing film breakdown and want to do some film for how we teach defensive systems, how we teach offensive. Um, I don't know that we'll have a defensive zone clip next year that we present to our new kids coming in of how to play defense that doesn't have Breckland in it. Mm -hmm. Um, when you talk about forwards that know what to do in the D zone and it can be dominant in the D zone, um, Breckland was that kid for us this year. And so, um, and, and, and was able at the end of the year was playing on our top line as well and can add, can add something to that line, but a kid that could be trusted again in any role, um, just a hard worker, um, a little bit of feistiness to her, which mm -hmm. I love as well. Right. We talk a lot about, we want to be a, we want to be a physically intimidating team at times, but we want to play by the rules, yep. but at times we want to be on the border of those rules. Um, uh, what I love is a Brecklin when, when things start getting a little crazy on the ice, Brecklin, Brecklin's usually in there and she's usually setting a tone for us and a tone that we like to see is so, I thought, I thought, you know, just to that point, she was a, a difference maker in the, in the playoff game, you know, the home playoff game. Uh, I thought she was, she was mixing it up. She was bringing some feistiness, yes. you know, she was protecting her teammates, you know, yep. all again, within the way girls hockey is, is yep. played and, and how that's allowed. But I, I, I was inspired by that too. And I, I saw what you're saying, you're saying. 
Yeah, in some of our toughest physical games, she was a kid that would step up and protect a teammate, right? And that's something as a coach, I'm always going to stand behind, right? And I know we had another one, another incident too with Mass McKinney where somebody just got leveled in front of the net and she and she absolutely took a kid out after that. And she came to the bench, apologized. They said, coach, I'm sorry I did that. And I'm like, never apologize, right? We, know, we don't apologize for protecting a teammate, right? That's what we do around here, right? And I know I talk about we want to follow the rules, but I, we don't have to apologize for protecting a teammate. That's what I expect of you. And I'm and as a senior leader, I'm glad you stepped up and did that too. Yeah, so. the, the girls are going to play with toughness too, right? Yep. They, and, they, and they should. And I often, and we don't need to get too into this, but I often argue like, when are they going to let the girls check at yeah. any level? Like even the Olympics or, you know, are they going to ever let them play full full body contact? But I like that there's, you know, some bump and some some grit that still is displayed in the game. It's it's fun to watch. I think it's good for them. Yeah, I, I think, and I love I love that the girls like it's a, kind of a pure game, and there's a lot of puck movement when it's played well, right? Um, but I, I'm kind of on your side too. Of the kids are strong enough and physical enough now, and the game's developed enough where um, I think that's probably one of the frustrating things of. It, it just depending on who you have as refs or how yep. a certain game goes or how certain teams are, um, it, there's just such a disparity in how those games are called, right? And so I, I almost think adding some contact to the game would kind of clean up those rules because I often say, I mean, I don't want to complain about the officials, but it's I think they have the hardest job in any sport, the, girl, the officials that ref girls hockey because there's such a wide range of body contact and, and physicality of players. And I almost think that, adding checking would in a way clean some of that up because now some of it's allowed. And I think it's just so hard to tell what is a check and what's not a check now and what's called and what not to call. So yep, they have a yep. tough job. We don't, we don't make those rules, but I agree. I, yeah. I do agree. I think that would make things a little bit different and, and possibly better. Yeah. Absolutely. No, and I, I completely agree. I, I refed That's some girls refs, high right? school hockey uh, this past year. I did a couple games as a referee and then mostly lining, uh, which is a little bit easier. But uh, one of the ones that, stuck out to me was I was lining at Lakeville North. I don't remember who they it might have been Jefferson or Kennedy or somebody that they were playing. They absolutely crushed him. But that was the most physical, like between both teams, physical girls game I've seen with like I literally think two penalties called. Yeah. And then I've also seen that same exact game play out between other teams and there's 15 penalties. Yeah. yeah. So it just depends, as coming from a referee standpoint in girls hockey, it really just depends as a referee how you're going into the game, how you view the matchup of the teams, because yep. both teams might play physical, but one team's more skilled, so you kind of have to take it. It's different with girls hockey every single game you go into, unless you have like a group of 10 or 15 referees that only ref this section or this group of teams and you can get consistent but also then sometimes coaches or teams get frustrated with certain referees because one referee style is not how the other referee ref is, uh, refs the game and then it just clashes and you see it at all levels whether it's youth high school nhl everything it, it, it's, it's definitely tough yeah. because each referee came from their own style of playing hockey to watching their own style now enforcing the main rules but within a, a style that they like to see and i know me when i ref i allow especially at the younger ages with boys i allow a little bit more body contact when they're peewees not as much at sports but especially at peewee level i find where a lot of coaches and stuff complain that it's checking and stuff and there's there's a borderlines to it um but Every, every referee has their own style, and it's tough to differentiate with that, especially when you get up to the high school and the higher compete levels. Yeah. I think the most consistent level of 
refing is I think is division one collegiate. I think they have a good set of rules and standards and the referees there don't want to go higher. Some of them do, but they have a good balance of young and old referees that I've met and talked to. And I think watching, I think college hockey is one of the most well refed levels of hockey. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to argue with that. I think that's, that's pretty accurate. Um, you know, I think we as coaches, we know the refs for the most part, yep. you know, uh, some of them we know well and have like relationships with at the very least. It's, it's just very rare that you run into a situation where like, I've never seen this ref before. <laughs> yeah. You all, you were like, okay, this is this guy. And you're talking to your staff like, Hey, he does not tolerate this. Or, you know, she doesn't tolerate that. And you're, you're working through those details yep. to make sure you can, you can give your team the best chance within who the ref is. Um, several times talking with coaches before the games you know like hey our refs today and the one you know, one of the coaches like oh he hates me he hates me I'm like oh well yeah. doesn't like me very much but that's great to hear that yeah. you feel that way too so maybe he likes me more and i yeah. had an advantage today and you know and then you're, you're talking about how calls can be made you know differently and how it can be body contact but then you know someone's arguing for a check i think as coaches we're like when it's happening to our players we want them protected you yeah. know when it happens you know, to the other team, we're like, don't call that. Don't call that. Yeah. Don't call that. Okay, good. We got away with one, guys. We got away <laughs> with one there. You know, so it's, it, we're obviously biased and, yep. and trying to do our best. When I think the, as a coach, the hardest part is too, is, you know, your kids, right? I know the kids that never, ever fall down. So when that kid gets knocked down a game, I'm like, something's going on there because I don't see this kid fall up. Yeah, 100%. And then I know the kid that falls when the wind blows a little bit stronger than normal. And, and then that's the kid that ends up drawing the penalties all the time. So I think that's, and that's why I say it's the diff most difficult for the refs at this level, right? It's because they don't have that inside knowledge mm -hmm. that we do. And they don't know the kids that fall all the time and the kids that, that are strong on their skates. So, um, so yeah, it's, uh, it always adds a little extra element and uh, it's just always reason to be good on special teams. So. Yeah, of course. Okay, so uh, we we talked about Brecklin uh, yep. and her grit and grind and the things she brings, you know, as a forward, especially in the defensive zone. Um, what about you know uh, an, another Grabanowski? Um, yeah. You know, the, the Grabanowski girls uh, have been you know kind of a mainstay in Shakopee hockey for the last few years. Uh, you've got Hannah. Um, what, what are your what are your thoughts opinions on Hannah? I know she didn't get to play in the. Um, in, in the sections, uh, she got hurt. I think in one of, was it in the section game it was, or in the last one? It was game in, it was that? like middle of the game in the Bloomington game. That was yeah. a, so you talk about physical games. That was yeah, a yeah. more physical game. I've, I don't know that I've ever been around a Bloomington team that played as physical as that one did. So, um, so that's probably the team that I you think saw it, earlier. Or I knew it was a Bloomington team. I just don't yeah. remember if it was Kennedy it was or probably it was, Jefferson. Well, I think it was yeah. Jefferson yeah. that lost to Lakeville North yep. when, I, when yeah. I was linesing that game. So I, I, and I did not expect that because I've played Mark's teams in the past and I've played a lot of Bloomington teams and we just don't see typically a lot of physical play from them. Uh, so we did not come into that game prepared for the physicality of the game. Um, and what I will say about our kids is I think they responded well. I think we learned that through the years. I don't know that was uh, something we responded to well early in the season, but I, I was really proud of how they responded to it late in the season. Um, and so, that we, yeah, we lost Hannah in that game, and that was a huge loss for us um, as we go on and, and go on to that final game against Holy Family. Um, I think it's a different game if we have a healthy Hannah Grabinowski in that game. Um, but talking about her as a, as, a, as a person, as a player, uh, just, you know, has the ability to take over games, is electric on the Nice, um, smooth skater, um, great with a puck on her stick, can find other people, uh, and then just has a knack. I think. I think when we when 
I can't remember. We were about 10 games in and I think we had five wins at the time. And I think she had three or four game winning goals. So just a knack for just five, getting that game winner and, and knack for performing when games are on the line. Um, we talked about that big Lakeville North upset and it's, uh, you know, we, Molly kept us around in that game, but it was a play by Riley taking a really smart shot with, as time was expiring and Hannah with a high, high screen and getting her stick on a puck that probably had no business getting her stick on and, and put it in the net. Right. So again, just a knack for stepping up in big spots and performing mm-hmm. when the game's on the line. Um, she did that over and over for us again this year. So, um, and there's our, it's funny cause there's a borderline with her and we talked about it. I, I would kind of joke about it on the bench, but, uh, you know, there's times where she's kind of, she, when, when teams make her mad, we want, we don't want her too mad because then she get kind of goes over the top. Sure. Right. But there's just kind of that nice medium amount of mad where she can absolutely physically take over a game too, where there's times where she normally, there's might be a puck battle with, with a bigger kid and she's just coming in, throwing her hips, taking the puck and going to the net. I'm like, that's the hand I want to see mm-hmm. every single time. Right. Uh, and, and then there's times where it gets all of a sudden someone knocks her down and she took, she probably took more punishment. Her and Allie Parker probably took the most punishment of anybody on our team this year of just because they do, they're so good with a puck on their stick that other teams are trying to take them out of the game. And they probably got whacked and held and tripped and cross-checked more than any other kids. And, and I think there's times where Hannah let that get, get the frustration, get the best of her. And, and times it turned her into another, another level of elite. And there's times where she kind of went over there and would take a, penalty so we're working on having her not take those penalties and just be that elite player and and use her physicality because she has that that to her game as well um and can absolutely take over games there yeah for sure as a sophomore too you know you you expect some maturity to happen naturally right and so that she can grow in those areas but i agree when she's you know when she's playing a little angry uh, not too angry uh, <laughs> she she does you can see it like oh boy yep here they, it comes. they they made her mad like yeah. let's go yep. hopefully this results in a in a saver goal yeah um, but again next to you know you had Annika Wilmer with 18 goals 18 assists led the team with 36 points yep. uh, Emma Heyer who you talked about earlier 14 goals 14 assists uh, 28 points and then it was Hannah with 13 yeah. 13 goals and and nine assists and that was in 24 games so um, yeah she she contributed on the stat sheet uh, she's returning you know the other two are, are departing as seniors so uh, big role for Hannah moving forward I would imagine yeah I think when, as we look to next year I think we're going to expect some really big things from Hannah and Allie Parker it's kind of next on that list right as she's an elite forward elite hands um, a great shot uh so I, I think when we, there's going to be, and it's hard, right? You know, Allie will be coming back as a senior, but Hannah as a junior, that's a lot of pressure to be putting on kids, but I think they're both ready for those, that, those pressure and want to be put in those spots and those roles. Um, and hopefully they can drive other kids to kind of step up to their level and, and play on their level. Cause we're going to need, it's going to, we're going to do contributions up and down our lineup next year. It can't just fall on a couple of kids, but um, I anticipate they're going to be leading the charge for us. Yeah, for sure. And Allison's right there too. So after Hannah, it was, it was Riley Nash with four goals and 15 assists, 19 points. And then, and then it's Allison Parker with 10 goals and, and five assists, 15 points. So, um, I, I imagine, or I can, I can foresee, you know, things are dynamic in hockey, so it changes, but I could yeah. see a lineup, uh, chart with, with a Grabanowski and a Parker on a line and making plays together. I can, absolutely. I can just envision that now. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, and you talked about it, but I think Brecklin's a kid who, especially late in the year, stepped up and contributed to that first line. Right. And I know there was, there was some growing pains there for her is cause that, that's just, understanding what her role was there and what she can contribute and and 
we knew that the defensive side was there and we knew that the breakouts were there, but uh, I, she's someone that can contribute offensively too. She's such, she's so strong and so smart in the offensive zone, um, good with that puck. And, uh, and so I anticipate that she's going to contribute for us next year too, stepping up in some big roles. Yeah, big time. So um, also on my list uh, of players to talk about, Callie Peterson, uh, defenseman. Um, what are your thoughts on Callie? Uh, she's right there next after after Parker um, with, uh, looks like Callie had two goals, 10 assists, 12 points. Um, and then right above uh, Brecklin, who had two goals, seven assists, nine points. So what are your thoughts on Callie? Boy, I love Callie the kid, love Callie the hockey player. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. I had a kid, I... I that uh, they used to, so I had a kid that played for me at EP and then came back and coached for me. Um, and her and one of her best friends that played for me, I, I talked to Callie. I'm like, I, I introduced her to her. We, she was at, so Callie moved on to uh, Spring Festival for the 16 age group. And then Rachel came back and coached with me. And so I introduced her too. And Rachel was my D coach with Callie. And I just said, Rachel, you're going to love this kid. She reminds me of you. Um, she is the nicest kid in the locker room. She's always smiling, always happy. But you get on the ice and there's a bit of a mean streak there. And I absolutely she love flips that. The switch. Yep, she does, and yeah. she said so. That's I related related her to Rachel Hari, who uh, played for me, and then Anna Johnson. On that, they were on the same team, and they were best friends. And um, but they're just they're the nicest kids you ever meet. But they would beat their grandma up in a corner if it meant if she was in the way of the puck. Right? It's just it's it's just what's going to happen. <laughs> I, I'm glad you said yeah. it because that's what I see when I see Kelly play. Yeah. She's mean. She's yeah. tough. I don't mean that any negativity. No, it's, it's fun awesome. to watch. I I love it. And you know, and and her her dad, uh, you know, usually stands on the glass on yep. occasion that you know I, I just you know look over and watch him and he he looks the part too yes, like yep, yeah that's where yep. it comes from that's I'm, I wanted, I'm sure yep, of it that's what I wanted to be doing and yeah, so and I think the part that gets that's not lost in there is oh she's a dynamic skater right for a big tall kid um her footwork is really really good for someone of that size and you don't always see that with with the taller kids usually footwork's usually a something a work in progress and and boy she is smooth and she can be offensive and she can jump up in the play and so i think that's our next step for her as i anticipate she's gonna be a contributor next year too um she is so good and, and so kind of in riley's shadow a little bit this year but i think next year we're going to be talking about callie the same way we talked about riley and the nice part is we get two more years with callie um so uh, I'm really excited about what she brings to the table and what she's capable of doing. Um, and I know, I know at the youth level, she was able to score a lot of goals. And I think, uh, I think once she, you know, I, I, she does a great job of getting the puck out of her zone and getting it into the offensive zone. And she can do that both with seeing the ice well and making the perfect pass, or she can do that with when our line needs a change, she can jump up or just jump up in the offense. Um, so I think she's a threat on multi levels. And I think we're going to start seeing her score more goals because it's in there. She's just got to start taking a shot. So I think that's the thing of, it's funny. She was on the HP 16 team and I'm like, she she had two great rushes and got to the hash marks and then was looking to pass like why are you moving the puck there? You did all the work and you're at the hash marks. You put that puck on. Finish yeah. the thing. And yeah. she just and she just laughs. She's like, I know, coach, but I saw this. I'm like, no, 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 no. I want you <laughs> shooting that puck. Totally. So it's a great kid, but a. a ultimately a great teammate too and and wants to make other people better but there's going to be we're pushing on sometimes to be a little bit selfish in a couple of those spots too i want her to be a great teammate i want her to move that puck but i also want her to pick her spots well maybe she needs to talk to her older sister about scoring some goals because i know riley peterson her older sister she she had a a few goals under her belt in her career so riley is tough too oh yeah oh yeah i i know peterson girls yeah you don't mess with them oh no (laughs) 
Yeah, that's great. Okay, so I've got um, a couple other players, and and I guess to reiterate, you know, Hannah Grabanowski and Kelly Peterson, both sophomores this past season. So you've yeah. got two more years with them, which yep. is, you know, got to be exciting as a coach, just from what they've already shown. And Correct. these kids grow so much they develop and get so much better in just a year's time and you know I, I think we can both agree that when they're in the program for a year whether they were playing JV or they were playing varsity you know they come back with a different sense of confidence because they they know the ropes right you, yeah. you'll be back as a yep. coach just yep. like I'll be back so our players know like okay this is the expectations this is how coach likes things this is how things are in the locker room this is how things are on the bus trips this is how we do things, and yep. so now they'll they'll grow a ton just by having a sense of calm and understanding. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's you know it really exciting that you've got those young players, and then a couple other we can talk about too. And you know, you've got a Lily Canny, uh, which her older brother Jack, you know, graduated with with year. He's one shaking of, his one head. One of my good buddies. Yeah, yeah. shout out to Jack yep. um, and, and the Canny family. So, um, what's uh, what's the status of Lily? You know, two goals, five assists. Did she play varsity only? JV. Um, you know, what was her line situation? What does the prospects or outcome look like next year for her? Yeah, I, I think we have high expectations and, and high hopes for Lily. I think, you know, I think this year was a transition for her of, you know, to, to I think she was the one that, maybe was trying to learn and fill out coaching a little bit this year. And then on top of that, had a couple injuries at different key spots. Um, one was an ankle that just took her, just, it was a hard one for her to get back from of just, it just took a little bit more time. And then when she got back, her confidence wasn't quite where, you know, she wanted it to be. So then trying to find ways to get that back. Um, there's times where she is so dynamic offensively and, and can bring so much to the table. And, uh, so I, you know, a kid that projects as a potential top six forward for us. Right. And so, so now we just got to find ways to keep her healthy and, and make sure that, she, that we get her in the right spots and get her with the right people and who those people are that she makes better and they make her better. Um, I think we found that at times that towards the end of the year with her and Emma really, really played well together. So now who is that next person she steps in with? But, uh, but boy, she is again, another one that she is strong on the puck and she's got a great shot. Um, and she has some deceptive speed, right? So she's so strong that you don't necessarily know that speed's there. And also mm -hmm. next thing you know, she's by you. Um, and she's got some hands there too. So for us, it's just a matter of finding out how to A, keep her healthy and then helping us as staff, getting her in the right spots and using her to the best of her abilities um, and finding a role for her. So um, I, I think, again, another sophomore that I'm really excited about and that I think can step into some key role for a, a key role for us next year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Lily, when you watch, you can see there's things there. Um, like we talked about just a moment ago, the, the growth players have, yep. you know, from season to season. So you know, the high expectations there, at least for me as a fan, you know, having yes. watched the girls play that, that Lily's going to be, you know, a big contributor next year in some form or fashion. And as coaches, we know like contributions aren't just goals, right? It's not yes. just the, the points. There's all kinds of ways to make an impact on a hockey rink and, and on a hockey team. And I'm, I'm sure she'll so settle into roles and, and find ways to make an impact. Yeah. And I think, I think that's the thing we noticed with that. You go back to that Lakeville North upset that we had and she had two assists, right? She assisted both of Emma goal, Emma's goals. And it was, it was something we'd been working on with her and stressing of D zone and getting to your spot and on that breakout. And she got to it twice, made two pinpoint passes to Emma to spring her in the neutral zone. Um, and, and we win that game because of those passes. And, and those are the little things that don't go in the scorebook because you, you notice O'Reilly and Hannah play at the end and you notice Emma driving the net and getting good goals but sometimes you miss those little you know those little plays that seem insignificant but getting it out of the D zone and getting some speed going um, that's critical in, in games like that so I'm um, looking forward to uh, finding more ways to use her in those roles next year. 
Yeah, no question. No question. I, I got one player on my list left to talk about. We can talk about as many as you'd like. It's Absolutely. it's it's hard. So, girls, we, we can't talk about every single yep. player. Um, it was the same with the boys when we went through it. Um, but the, the player I wanted to talk about, you have one eighth grader listed on the roster, um, as, at least that I can see on you know the, the Minnesota Girls Hockey Hub uh, in, in Kayla Larson. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, Lucas is a senior with our team, played with, with Yede, um, and so his younger sister, uh, Kayla, is an eighth grader listed on the roster. Talk about Kayla, you know, an eighth grader playing up with, you know, ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th graders. Um, you know, obviously you must see something there. Um, just give us your thoughts on, on Larson. Yeah, well, a little bit different style than her brother. Um, <laughs> she's a little <laughs> bit smaller and uh, and relies on her speed and her hands. Um, but, I mean, she's got unique talent, right? And I think uh, I think her future is bright. I think she's one that kind of she's, – she's kind of one that likes to be – kind of behind the scenes right now. And I don't think she wanted to step on anybody's toes coming in. So, you know, I think this year she was more comfortable in kind of that, that swing line and JV role and, and really played well in some JV games. Um, but a kid that we really expect a lot from next year. Uh, I think, I think she, you know, she has some unique talent. She has scoring ability. She is a smart hockey player. She is fast. Um, when she has that puck, it's tough to get it off her stick. Um, so now it's just a matter of her gaining that confidence of doing it at the, the higher level, right? I think she's been that player at all the youth level and growing up so now it's a matter of can now her having a year to get comfortable in the systems and we find that a lot with eighth graders and sometimes we like just to bring them up a year early and just have them get comfortable with what's the locker room like what what's going to be expected of me what's the weight room like what are the kids like what are the girls um so i think you talked about that comfort level for a lot of these kids coming back i think that's going to be huge for most of these kids right of this was a year of unknowns for all of us right new coaching staff for me new kids um so now it's a matter of hey we're all comfortable we know each other a little bit okay so now what can we be who are we and what can we be and I'm really excited to see some of these kids step up, right? And and I'll talk about a couple others too on the defensive side of of Nadia Rylance, mm-hmm. uh, who is an elite lacrosse player as well. And I uh, got to see her play the other day and and score a lot of goals there. But uh, but she is a uh, boy. She stepped into a role hadn't played much varsity in the past, and she was a top four D for us this year and consistent game in and game out. Um, you know not the flashy type of D, but just someone who's there each and every play. Strong in the D zone, great passing, great plays coming out of the zone. Um, and then next step for her is working on kind of what to do, being a factor in that offensive zone as well. Um, and then Alex Snowden's another one on that D side, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, losing Riley, we're going to need our D to step up. And we think with Callie and Alex and uh, and, and uh, Nadia. And Nadia, sorry, yep. I lost your name there a second. Those three, they're gonna they're gonna be the core of what's gonna get us started on that defensive side, right? Um, and helping us get that. And then we have some younger players that are coming up that we think might push, and we have some kids from JV that we think are gonna push for some playing time. So the nice part is we think we have three that are coming back that are super strong, and then we have some kids that we think are gonna come in and battle for those three, four, five, that four, five, six spots, um, and some talented kids, both from our JV level and from our youth level coming up. So excited to see those battles and excited to see who comes clean on them so that's what makes coaching fun right yeah. seeing how they pro- progress seeing who wants to step up into the challenge yep. of, of earning a spot and battling through i think a point you made um it, when you're talking about kayla but just in general you know players coming up as eighth or ninth graders and having that that marination process right of just getting comfortable with the things 
you know, we've, we've done that the last few years with, with the boys. Um, you know, most of our freshmen we've brought up, we've played, right. The two eighth graders we brought up, we absolutely played. We, we wouldn't have taken them otherwise just because the boys model is set up a little different. Um, there's not as much heartache, you know, when you, when you take the girls up at that age yeah. versus away from the, the Bantam experience, yeah. yep. you know, there's a little bit more heartache that kind of happens in the community and you try and be sensitive to all that, but it's all decisions you're making for what's our, what's our team need? Where yes. are we at? And, and what spots are available? What does this kid need? Yes. Right. And how can I help them develop? And, you know, based on how I project spots to be open with, you know, graduations and, and other factors, how can I make sure I've got things ready to be filled in as appropriately as possible? And so I get it. I think that's all, I think that's all smart and great. And another reason why uh, you, you've had such a great, you know, successful experience coaching, you know, the teams you've coached over the years you've been coaching. Yeah. And I think you touch on something too that I don't, I think, I think it gets lost there, but it's there's so much more that goes into the decision on who belongs on a team and not, right? It's not just, hey, we're going to take the best hockey player. It's, you know, it's we're trying to make decisions about, okay, what's best for our program? What does our program need, right? That's number one. Number two of, okay, what's this kid need, right? What are their short-term goals? What are their long-term goals? How do they project out? And then what is the best spot for them as an individual as well, right? And then on top of it, we're trying to take advantage of our or take in mind of, okay, what do our youth teams need, right? What are the numbers like there? And I think it's a little different girls and boys because numbers aren't as much of a concern on that boys' side. But for girls, it's, are we going to have a 15 team? Right. Or do we need to, do they need to play 12s? And for me, it's a decision on, okay, so this kid, I know it, her sophomore and junior year, she's going to be a great player for us, right? What's the best path to get her there? For some kids, it's going back and playing youth hockey and, and getting their experience there. For some kids, it's coming with us and being on the ice six days a week and in the weight room, and right? And some kids... As, a, as an eighth grader or ninth grader, their, matu their maturity level, they're ready for a high school locker room. Because right. a high school locker room is different than a locker room of all your peers. No right? question. So we Absolutely. have those conversations. I mean, it's, it, and, and we have really great kids and I've had really great kids all the, all the years through, right? But the conversations that happen in a high school locker room are different that's happening with, you know, when you have, you know, 15 to 18 year old women and 11 and 12, 13 year old kids. It's just different conversations, different mentality, right? Not good or bad. It's just, they're different. So th that's part of the decision too, right? It's about, is this environment going to be best for her to grow? Is she going to succeed here? Are they going to have friends in this locker room? Are they going to be able to show up and do their best work every day being in this locker room? Is this what's going to help them? So there's so much more into it than just say, oh, this is a good hockey player. Let's take this yeah, hockey of player. And, and sometimes that gets lost and all oh, this, this coach doesn't know this or that. And they don't understand that there's a lot of work behind the scenes that and we're doing. Coaching a highly scrutinized position yeah. so you know we talk about this you gotta have thick yep. skin if, if yep. you aren't prepared to be scrutinized you know then it's, it's not, probably probably not the gig right? probably not it's probably better <laughs> you can go somewhere else and make more money yeah. and uh and get along with your time coaching uh refing uh, as i'm yeah. looking at oh, boy, yeah, refs, yeah. Yeah. these are you you got to be prepared to be scrutinized i've got plenty of thoughts on the while uh, the officiating i've seen in the wild games this series <laughs> but i'm trying not to touch that topic um yeah i think you know it's you also is is the girls, when you guys are building your team, you have a little bit more luxury of time than the boys do. Your yep. season starts a few weeks earlier. Your U15 teams are built after the Correct. varsity and junior varsity groups are, are assembled, um, where it's the opposite for us. You know, yeah. our, our season starts the latest out of everybody. Um, the the Bantam teams are, are picked. Yep. Um, so you're kind of trying to juggle this. Okay, uh, do I... How do I tell this kid that I think he should maybe try out for high school, but I don't want to give him a sense of I'm on the team when yep. these other kids got to earn it. Yeah. But also, in you know, you've, we've done the other experience where we're like, hey, secure your spot on the Bantams, give us time to figure out what the best thing is for you, and then 
you know, you experienced that yet when we when we mm-hmm. um, had McAllister Dose uh, take a spot on the Bantams and then eventually took him to high school and. There, it's it's painful no matter what. Yeah, right. Yep. It's it's tough when there's a kid that's eligible to play with his peers. Uh, he's usually a good player if he's being considered for high school, and so they want him there, right? They want him to be there to make those plays with them and score those goals and or make the saves or whatever it is. And so, um, but you're also trying to balance. Hey, what's the best route for him, and can he make an impact now? You know, we talked at the opening of the show and some of the news of of Cooper Simpson signing his tender. He's, he would be a junior in high school. Yeah. Um, again, I don't know all the details, but the point is, is he's probably making a jump to the next level. Uh, of course, his teammates and peers here, and even his coaches are like one more year give us one yeah. more year you know like of course we want him here but oh, everybody would love to see him one more year right? Yeah, that's exactly it but it is what it is right so he's you know people got to make family decisions and then organizations have to make decisions and to me it's just a testament you know especially in the cooper situation if if he's good enough to play in the ushl and there's a there's a general manager and head coach that is willing to use a tender and expire a first round pick on him um that's a great thing we're doing yeah. good things here and that's it's a good thing for him they're ready to invest in him so yeah. that's that's really exciting it's it stings, of course, right? Absolutely. Losing any player. Yep. Uh, I'm just glad it's not to another high school. That's yeah. We try and avoid that, right? Yep. We try and elevate them to the next level if possible. Um, but yeah, to your yeah. to your point earlier, it's it's just not a simple decision on who's the best hockey player and take them. There's so much that goes into it. Well, and it stings in the short term, but you hope long term the kids see, hey, I can come here and I can grow in this community to a point where I'm going to be wanted at the next level, right? And so so long term, you hope it's a help for your program, but short term, it's, I mean, I know, I know, it's it was so much fun going to those games and watching your team last year and watching him be part of that and those score. I mean, just doesn't matter the game; you were never out of it because he could put in goals in bunches. So that was fun to watch, right? Yeah, no question. And, and I know this is the, the the girls' episode, but you know, with that, I'm still very optimistic about what the boys' team will look like next year. Uh, you know, we've got capable players that are now a bit seasoned that yep. played as as young guys, you know, sophomores and freshmen. Uh, of course, the guys that were juniors have have had those experiences and come back and contribute as seniors. Um, the reality is, if if Simpson isn't back because he's signed a tender, we don't know all the details. He may, you know, have an opportunity to do before and after, do part of his time with the USHL, come back, play his high school season. That's not uncommon; people do that. Um, but if he is there full time, then that's that's a that's a opening for someone else. Yep. Someone else has got to be getting excited, right? And yeah. it's it's the mentality of sports these days. Next man up, right? Yep. Who's who's going to step up? Who's going to hear that and say, oh, I'm shooting more pucks than I was going to. Yes. I'm running the sprints. Yep. I'm this doing the chance. training. I'm going to the, the weight room. I'm, I'm, I'm stepping in. Now, nobody's going to be Cooper. They're going to be yep. who they are, right? And we don't necessarily need a Cooper unless yeah. he's Cooper. But, yep. um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see what does this do to elevate a guy like Nick Nate Pedersen, like we talked yes. about before, yep. Cooper Seeger. Like, how do these guys respond and how do they step into their power? It's kind of like you were saying with, with Kayla Larson. She yep. didn't really want to step on toes. And, yep. And, and so now with these other girls departing, does she step in and say, okay, I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a big time player now. And I'm, I'm not really worried about making anybody mad about being a player on this team. I'm, I'm here to, I'm here to play for coach and play for the the team and help us win games. Yep, absolutely. And that's, that's kind of what you hope is that's an opportunity, right? And that's what you want your culture to be is it's when one person either goes down with an injury or they have a better option. It's now this is somebody else's turn. And I think we have a program now that's our goal to build to a program of now you have people ready that they see that of, Hey, this is my chance to step into the spotlight, right? And this is my chance for a shot on the team and make people better. So it's exciting stuff all the way around. No question. No question. Yeti, any last thoughts? Um, it's been a good show. 
Uh, it's been been really great having having Jamie on and, and talk about the girls team and and the experience, you know, coming over to Shakopee. Uh, any last thoughts for him? Well, I just wanted to thank you for coming on the show. Um, obviously, we, we getting started in here, we want to cater to as much as the boys' audience and the youth audience as well as the girls. So I, I hope that uh, we'll get pairing on with the girls, either you more often and some of the other coaches, or even have the girls on, some of the girls um, in this next season coming up here. So we're excited for where it's heading. We hope uh, hope hope you see it too here so we can kind of build something here. So Absolutely. No, I just love it. I want to thank you for having me again. It's been fun just to talk hockey and uh, and talk about the girls because I think that's one thing is sometimes the girls don't get talked about or, or get the press and, uh, and uh, boy, they do a lot of hard work. So it's fun to get, get a chance to recognize some of them and the work and the effort they put in. And um, I, I'm just excited about our future as Shakopee Hockey, not a girls program, not a boys program. I think I, think I love what I see here. I love the community and it's going to be fun to see where we head. Yeah, no question. And I, I said it earlier in the show, but I encourage anyone, uh, if you're you're not familiar with you know the girls' history here in Shakopee, go check out that trophy case. You'll see all kinds of names and faces that have played here and you know made something out of that in terms of college hockey and scholarships yeah. and all that. And there's even players from you know, the last couple of years, um, and I know there's players on this roster that we talked about that are going to play some college hockey um, if they choose and pursue it because they've yep. got the ability and the talent is here. And and coach, with you leading them, uh, I, I'm very optimistic about where the program's going to go and, and how well the youth is going to shape out and and how they're going to turn into good quality you know young women under your direction so thanks I for being on the that. show um and, and we've enjoyed having you all right thank you so much we hope you enjoyed this episode and we want to thank you for making it all the way to the end hit that follow button to save our podcast so you don't miss any episodes also if you enjoyed the podcast and want to show your support we encourage you to leave us a five-star rating thanks again for listening we'll see you at the rink